I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a called third strike. Sit out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. What's going on, everybody? We are back with the Posting Up podcast, joined once again by Justin and Steve from Sports Talk with R&J. Guys, we're going to get back to the NBA today, but it was too crazy of a weekend not to have a recap show for the first and second round of March Madness. So uh, welcome back. We're going to be talking more college hoops today. Uh, a lot of crazy things happened, and you know, one of the sad things that happened over the weekend was the poor performance of... Um, of UConn, and I didn't have that down today, but I actually just want to start quick by going around and just to, to what I want to start with you, Justin. I know you're you're big on the college hoops, so what did UConn do wrong? What what could they have done better to um to win that game against Maryland? Yeah, there probably a lot. You know, I didn't really like the game plan by uh, Coach Hurley. You know, Maryland packed it in with zone, and they just. We're very confused like they have all year against the 2-3 zone. And it just seemed for most of the team that it was just – the moment was just too bright for him. Jalen Gaffney really looked like the only one on the floor that belonged there on um, on Saturday night. So I, there there was a lot that went wrong for that team. And it just – you know, the missed opportunities and affected their defense. It was just – it was a long night. Steve uh, – oh, Steve's gone. So, Sean, I'll go to you. Uh, do you have any comments on the UConn game? Uh, anyone in particular you were disappointed with? Um, yeah, I mean, I just think the the whole team effort I was disappointed with. Um, obviously, you know, in the first half, we dominated the offensive glass. And, you know, there was a bunch of putback opportunities that, you know, just missed layups. I mean, which, you know, just can't happen, especially in a, a tourney game in the first round. And then uh, down the stretch, a lot of missed free throws by James Booknight, who I was pretty surprised by. He's, you know, for the season, he was a pretty good free throw shooter. I think, you know, shooting over 80 percent. And I think uh, Tyrese Martin missed a big one down the stretch, too. So, I mean, we started to close the gap a little bit in the second half. I, 
I think the defense was a lot better in the second half, but uh, just way too many missed shots. I mean, we shooting 23% from the field, missing over 30 shots in the first half. It it puts you in a really deep hole, and I, I think they just could never climb out of it. And they had opportunities to down the stretch, but uh, just a lot of missed shots in this game. And then um, the guard, I, I think Ayala from Maryland, he was just on fire all night. So, uh, I mean, it was definitely disappointing, but uh, I think we had opportunities down the stretch that we uh, we just couldn't capitalize on. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Justin, I was going to give this question to Steve, but he's uh, temporarily left us, so I'll, I'll give it to you. Do you think Book Knight's performance in the loss to Maryland hurt his draft stock at all? It's tough because I just since he came back from the elbow, elbow injury, he just hasn't been the same. I think maybe a bit, but I still think he's lottery, maybe kind of top 20. I, I think, you know, it's all but certain that so he will go the draft. I think he'll be a lot late lottery top twenty pick. He just, he has the skills. Obviously, he's got to work on the defense. He's got to work on his ball handling. Um, he's got to get a lot stronger to to hang in there. But I, I think as you know, I think he's gonna make a lot of money. You know, and he's gonna leave again. I think maybe he could have been a top five, top ten if if he had a march to remember like a Kemba or Shabazz. But um, I, I still think he's gonna be a lottery pick. No, yeah, I agree. I think I think no matter what, he's going to enter the draft. And whether or not I think that's a good idea, you know, that's kind of up in the air. I think he could definitely use um, an extra year of college to develop his skills further. But, you know, sometimes these guys, they just want to go to the league, you know, get their money and, and get playing at the next level and, you know, get better there. Um, I'll, I'll actually ask Steve the same question because I, yes. I wanted to ask him before. Uh, we were just talking. I just add, ju asked Justin a question that was intended for you. Um, do you think that book nice performance against Maryland hurt his draft stock at all? No, no. The, the, the NBA drafts about potential, not 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 production in college. I don't think that hurt his draft stock one bit. Yes, the three point shooting is a concern, but that did not hurt his draft stock one bit, in my opinion. Uh, he's he's going to be a top fifteen pick. There's no question about it. You know, I don't want to hear these UConn fans saying, "Oh, he's not going to be great in the NBA. He's not going to be great in the NBA." I got those text messages on Saturday night. <laughs> he's going to be a good NBA player, trust me. So I don't want to hear, but here he's not going to be good in the NBA. Yeah, and I think especially if he goes um, to the NBA, he has you know more resources uh, to develop even further than he would in college. So I, I think that he's he might as well just go. I think he he's ready to play some role player minutes for an NBA team and just, you know, continue to develop his skills. And I think I agree with you, Steve. I think he will be a very good NBA player. Um, getting on to the other games, though, uh, you know, March sadness for us UConn fan, but it was March madness for a lot of other fan bases. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. Which upset shocked you the most that happened in that first round? Yeah, um, I'm not going to go with Oral Roberts because, uh, you know, Ohio State's defense has been bad all year, and Oral Roberts has the leading scorer in the country. So that was definitely surprising for sure. But I, I think the most shocking to me was uh, Abilene Christian beating Texas. I expected Texas to make a very deep run uh, in, you know, into the tournament. Uh, I think that, you know, they had a great defense all year. They have a, you know, a really good scorer in Andrew Jones. But uh, Abilene Christian just came at them all game. I, they made a lot of, you know, contested shots at the rim. Um, so that, and they, they deserve to win that game. They, you know, they were just playing tougher than Texas was. So I, I think that one surprised me the most. I was definitely uh, shocked by that one. Uh, Steve, what about you? Yeah. Any upset that shocked you really over the weekend? I was going to say Abilene Christian and, uh, and Texas, but I'm going to go with the Oral Roberts, Ohio state. Cause I just really, really liked the way Ohio state was playing going into, going into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they almost won the big 10 tournament. I mean, 
Dwayne Washington was outstanding in the Big Ten tournament, and I just thought they were going to – even though, you know, Oral Roberts has really good guard play and they could score, I just felt like Ohio State was going to be able to win that game, and I thought Ohio State was going to go to the Elite Eight. So while Ohio State, the, the Oral Roberts-Ohio State game – yes, Texas, Adeline Christian was the one that shocked me the most, but I would say second it was Oral Roberts and Ohio State. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I got Oral Roberts as well, and kind of being off of – Steve said, going, you know, Big Ten tournament, Ohio State looked really good. They almost won the Big Ten tournament. I know they didn't have Kyle Young, but they didn't, you know, against Illinois either. And I thought Ohio State's side was still going to be able to um, knock off Oral Roberts because they weren't big, but they have some great guards. Um, EJ Liddell was great, like 23 and 17. But just Oral Roberts, just I, I thought just, you know, they were the better team on the floor, and they left a lot better than the Buckeyes, I felt like, on Friday afternoon. And – you know, that one was a surprising one. That was my most surprising one with the Eagles or Roberts. Yeah, you know, one upset that kind of um, shocked me, and I'm sure a lot of people did see this coming, but I was one of the people who who thought if uh, UCLA won their first four game, that was the only game they were going to win. But I, I didn't think they were going to beat BYU, but now there's the players stepping up. Um, I can't quite remember the kid's name, but he's a fantastic three-point shooter. They have a couple guys on their team who are really tough. Uh, you can tell that they're, they're leaders for their team on the court. Uh, so I, th- I, I thought UCLA was for certain going to get bounced by, um, by a BYU team in that first round. But now, before we know it, uh, come, come today, they're in the Sweet 16. So... That that shirt certainly shocked me. I did not expect UCLA to to w- win one, never mind three games so far in March Madness. Um, good to my next question here. Um, so I know, Justin, I'm going to start with you here because I know that the answer to this question is yes, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, did a team a team you chose to upset a higher seed let you down? Yeah, unfortunately, I had Winthrop. Um... You know, they kind of hung in there for a while with Nova. But Jay Wright, I, I think he's got – his team just have the best culture in college basketball. To be able he's, to step up – He's a top five coach easily in the country. Oh, yeah, 100%. To be able to step up without Colin Gillespie. And that went through to 23-1, and one, and they're a really, really good basketball team. Um, at, you know, I give Villanova a lot of credit the way they played. Guys stepped up on Friday night. I was, you know, uh, I wasn't really expecting that, so – yeah, yeah. Uh, Winthrop was kind of the one that let me down. Steve, what about you, man? It was UC Santa Barbara. Not from the way they played. It was the way they managed the end of that game. That was absolutely terrible. They were down. They were down one point. They were down one point. They had a timeout left. They had two possessions, and they didn't even use a timeout. That's just inexcusable. You can't do that, and it's just absolutely terrible. I was shocked that happened. I just was completely shocked the way you and the way Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara, managed the end of that game. So that was the team that disappointed me. Sean, were you disappointed by any teams here in the in the first round? I was, round? Yeah, I was going to go with Santa Barbara too. Uh, I I think Steve, you know, he hit it right in the head. Just the way they mismanaged the the end of that game, they completely had a shot to win it. Um, you know, they 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 climbed back in the second half, and then you know, you know they let that you know fall from their hands. So uh, I was definitely disappointed by that one, especially if, uh, after my hate for Creighton. I, I was hoping they didn't advance uh, into the, the second round, and now they're in the Sweet Sixteen, which I hate to see. But uh, yeah, definitely Santa Barbara that upset me the most. Yeah, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm gonna have to go with a team I thought was really hot coming into uh, coming into this tournament, and obviously that was a mistake of me to think. And that was the um, the Georgetown Hoyas losing to the Colorado Buffaloes. You know, this is a team that went on a pretty good stretch, beat, beating some pretty good teams. You know, two teams that they beat are in the um, 
Sweet 16, and they, they ended up losing in the first round. So uh, Georgetown getting absolutely ran over by Colorado. I think maybe just the uh, the hype of their run maybe got to their heads, and, and they just kind of fell apart in that first round. So Georgetown was a team I had picked to win. Uh, I think in one of my brackets I had picked them to win uh, two games and go to the Sweet 16. I know someone in my bracket pool was a little crazy and had them go into the, the championship, but um, – I never thought that never thought that was going to happen, but certainly disappointing. They couldn't even win one, uh, but I, I think they'll be back. I think Patrick Ewing is taking that taking that program to higher levels than um than they were they've been in the past. And Georgetown, you know, there's a very very historic uh, historically good good college college basketball team. Um, so there <laughs> there was believe it or not, guys, there were three four seeds, two three seeds two number two seeds and a one seed eliminated in the first weekend here, first and second round. Uh, basically I want to ask, go around here and ask uh, guys, are your champions still dancing? Uh, no, un- unfortunately not for me. I had Illinois going all the way and winning it. Um, but Loyola, uh, credit to Loyola Chicago, you know, their, their defense was absolutely suffocating uh, on Illinois. They completely dominated that game. So, uh, I was definitely disappointed to see that my uh, my bracket was kind of busted there, but they don't call it March Madness for no reason. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Loyola Chicago deserves a lot of respect, and I, I think that they have a chance to, you know, sneak into the Elite Eight, maybe even the Final Four. Uh, if I'm not wrong, Steve and Justin, you both had Illinois as well. Yeah, yes, you? I had Illinois. My bracket is completely destroyed because I also had Texas going to the Final Four too. So my bracket is in shambles right now. My bracket, I, I have no chance of winning anything this year in March Madness. My bracket is completely destroyed. I get, yeah, uh, Sister Jean coming through. <laughs> yeah, I actually that was one. Of, so my my other money ones I have Oregon. So I still have a couple of live. I still have Oregon winning Baylor. In Arkansas, I won. I did also lose Oak State as well. So I lost Oak State in Illinois this weekend. But I still have a couple of lives. Yeah, a, a lot of upsets. And, you know, um, I, I have a couple brackets too. And I, I went the safe route and said Gonzaga. But I, I won't count that as one of my champions because I think that's too too basic. Um, but I, I picked Iowa to go to the finals and, uh, and beat. I forget who. I think I had them beating Oklahoma State, actually. And those are two teams that didn't, didn't even make it past the second round. So... Like, like Steve said, my bracket is in absolute shambles. I, uh, I'm certainly not taking home any money <clears throat> unless a miracle happens with my Gonzaga bracket. Um, so looking forward to the Sweet 16, I want to know, you guys, do you have someone who you consider uh, – we'll start with you, Steve. Do you have someone you consider a lock to win their Sweet 16 game? It's hard to say there's a lock because this is March Madness. Really, anything could happen. So it's really hard to say there's a lock. But I think the closest to a lock is Gonzaga over Creighton. And I think because, again, Creighton probably should have lost their first round game to UC Santa Barbara. They got a humongous break when Virginia lost to Ohio and and then and they won last night. So I and the problem with Creighton is they live and die by the three. And Gonzaga has the inside game with Drew Timmy, which I think is going to be a major advantage. I think Drew Timmy is going to have a huge game in that Sweet 16 game. I think Kispert is too. So I think Gonzaga over Creighton is the closest thing to a lock for me in the Sweet 16. Justin, what about you? You got anyone you think is a lock this weekend? Yeah, I got to agree with Steve. I, I think it's Gonzaga. Um, just Creighton, yeah, they, Creighton just does not have a ton of size. Christian Bishop's kind of their starting five at six foot seven. Um, he he would have to play an absolute monster game somehow stopping Drew Timmy and Corey Kisberg, which I don't think is going to be what happened. Marcus Zaragowski, I think the only chance they have is – 
too. If they, if Zaragowski puts up 35 to 40 points, it just, they just shoot absolutely lights out against Gonzaga. Um, you can't really slow them down the half court. It just, you know, they, they won 25 straight games, you know, by double digits. And yesterday was their worst shooting day of the year, 49%. So I, I think it's Gonzaga. It's a lock right now. Sean, what about you? Yeah, my best bet right now would be uh, Baylor over Villanova. Um, I think, you know, I think Villanova had a really great run, especially without their best player in Colin Gillespie. I think that Jay Wright is obviously a great coach in college basketball, but I'm shaking your head at, my head at Jay's comment. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Cruz over Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're shaking your head. Oh, I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah, but uh, anyways, but Baylor's uh, guard play with Butler and, and Teague, I think, has been tremendous, obviously, all season. And I think with Gillespie out, they're just going to take advantage of that. Um, also, you know, they have some great shooters like Matthew Meyer. Uh, Vital has been pretty good down low for them. So I think that Baylor showed that, you know, after the COVID break, I think that they came back. The loss to Kansas kind of hurt. And I think some people, you know, kind of forgot how dominant they were before that. But I think they're getting back uh, into that rhythm. And I, I think that they're going to win uh, over Villanova. All right. That's a good pick, Sean. Uh, but, guys, I mean, would it be crazy for me to say that um... – Loyola Chicago has a pretty favorable matchup against Oregon they State. They do, but Oregon State's played. I, I mean, I don't know a ton. I'll admit Justin knows a lot more about Oregon State than me, but I don't. But Oregon State's played pretty well. I mean, I think they won both of their tournament games by double digits against Power Five teams, Tennessee and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State is the consensus number one pick pick on, in Kane Cut in Kane Cunningham. So I, I I think Loyola is favored to beat Oregon State, but I I think it's going to be a really tough game. I, I I do agree. I think, uh, but I think the way just start to finish Loyola looked against number one seed Illinois was just insane. Uh, I don't think they ever trailed in that game. They didn't. Wire to wire. Cameron Crutwig, the guy who looks like he's an accountant at uh, local <laughs> local legit. business firm. His post moves are outstanding. His oh post my moves god! Are outstanding. Yeah, and, you know, looks like Kevin McHale down there. Yeah, the guy might not be super athletic, but boy, he he has a smart he has a smart game. He he he's kind of like a point for a uh, point center for them. Um, you know, he he I think he had 19, 12, and five assists. He also had three steals. I mean, yeah. his vision is great. Uh, then you have guys like Lucas Williamson and Marquise Kennedy uh, kind of shooting the ball at a, at a good rate for this um, Illinois or uh, Loyola Chicago team. I, if I had to put all my money on, on a team to be in locked into the Elite Eight, I think I'd, I'd probably put it on Loyola Chicago. I think an eight seed was a bit low for them. I think they're playing a lot better than an eight seed. Um this this is another question. So we're talking just talking about locks. We have. Uh, do you guys have any teams you think could kind of shock the world and make it into the elite eight? I know Jay said Syracuse. <laughs> I, I hate I hate to say this, but it's probably Syracuse because just the way they play that two three zone. It's and, and listen, I'm the far, furthest thing from a Syracuse fan. I'm a UConn fan. I can't stand them, but. The Jim Bay, I have to admit, Jim Beheim is a great coach. There's a reason he's a Hall of Fame coach. He does this time of year. Jim Beheim is outstanding. I mean, you know, obviously, we, we talked about it last week. 2013 took a number four seed to the Final Four, a team that didn't look like they were during that season. It didn't look like a Final Four team. 2016, the same thing. A number ten seed took to the Final Four. In 2018, he gets a number a ten seed in Sweet 16, and, and now he's a, a number eleven seed this year. He's back in the Sweet 16. So, if a team had to make a run to the Elite Eight, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Syracuse. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, too. I, I cannot stand Syracuse. You know, um, I hate them with all the passion I could, you know, could have for hate for a team. But 
Yeah, the way their zone is, um, I think, you know, it could set up some problems for Houston. Again, they, they shoot, you know, Houston's a decent shooting team. They played really, you know, they lost Caleb Miles, who's the um, American player, you know, preseason player of the year. He transferred to Florida State. And look what they're still doing. I think Calvin Sampson is um, doing a great job. I think Houston's going to win this game, but I think Syracuse has a fetch chance. Just if, if Buddy and um, Girardi, just, they, they just hit shots. They're just – you, it's tough to beat them. But if I'm Houston too, I'd press them for 40 minutes because Buddy Buddy and Gerard are not great ball handlers. But I think mm-hmm. Syracuse has the best shot. John, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go opposite to what you said, Lucas. I, I think Oregon State has the best shot to shock uh, Loyola Chicago. And I, it wouldn't be a, a you know a huge upset. Um, but I, I think Oregon State, the way that they've been playing uh, ever since the Pac-12 tournament, uh, up into the tournament, they've been beating some really good teams. Uh, they've been really good on offense. And I, I think that they're going to continue to score a lot of points. Uh, I think Ethan Thompson, their guard, he, he's been really impressive in the, the first two games that I've watched in the tournament. So... Uh, obviously, Loyola Chicago, they have one of the best defenses in the country. Um, so it's definitely going to be a tall task. But I think that they, they have the offensive firepower to do it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not overly confident in this pick. But um, at this point of March Madness and kind of like the feel that's been going on, it's kind of like a why not? So why not Oral Roberts go to the Elite Eight, number 15 seed? Uh, they've beaten a two. Uh, they beat uh, number seven in Florida. And now they go up against the number three in Arkansas. And Arkansas had a close game, although it was against a good team last time out. Oral Roberts uh, and and that guy Max Abus has has looked absolutely amazing. I mean, he's he scored fifty five points through two games. He had twenty nine in one, twenty six in the other. Uh, uh, that guy's just balling out. And I think I think little teams like this kind of see that this opportunity. You know, this guy is obviously trying to play uh for a spot in the nba i think and you know take a small team like oral roberts to the to the promised land or even the elite eight would be something huge for um not just him but the school itself uh and then they already oh no go ahead ahead. they've they played arkansas back in december they lost by Mm -hmm. 11 they're by 10 at the half and then arkansas sides got to him but you know max abis didn't even play that well i think nine points he strove in the field so again if he gets hot I, I could I could see it. I could see what Ross pulling it off. They played they played they played Arkansas tough the first time around. No, that's that that's a good point. I didn't even know that they um had played earlier in the season, but definitely uh helps when you're playing someone for the second time, you know what to watch out for. Especially did you say that Oral Roberts held a ten point lead at the half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were up forty to thirty. Yeah, I think I think if um Amos is going off, then they have a pretty good chance at winning that game. Um then I want to know. Basically, uh, we'll start with you, Sean. Go to Justin, then Steve. Which uh, Sweet Sixteen matchup are you are you really looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to the Pac-12 matchup between uh, USC and Oregon. Uh, I think that both these teams got disrespected with their seeds. I think the Pac-12 overall really, you know, got disrespected with their seeds. I think I'm pretty sure the only loss was Colorado uh, yesterday to Florida State. So Pac-12 has been doing tremendous. Uh, in this tournament, I think this one's going to be a classic. They played once this year, um, and USC won that game. But uh, I think that, you know, the Mobley brothers, they've been playing fantastic, especially last night in Oregon. They've come out and, and surprised me a lot. I, I think that their offense is really good. They have a pretty good defense. And uh, Dana Altman, is, I think he's a very underrated coach uh, in the sport right now. So that's uh, that's a game I'm definitely looking forward to because I know that these Pac-12 teams don't like each other. So there'll be a little rivalry on the line in the Sweet 16, which you don't really get uh, too often. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. No, that's a great pick. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with uh, Sean. I'm excited for this Pac-12 matchup. You know, the first time around USC, I think it was like 22 to four, right right off the tip, and it, you know, Oregon tried to battle back. They could just never make it close. Isaiah Mobley didn't play the first time either, um, so that you know that could be different in this game. But the way Oregon's playing, Will Richardson and Chris Stewart, the way they played yesterday, I know Iowa didn't even try to stop them, but both these teams right now they could score. And I'm really excited for this one. And you're right, Sean. Dana Altman's one of the most underrated coaches in in the sport. Um, he's done a great job with this program. Even Adam, you know, Coach Enfield with the Trojans. Hmm. It, mine is Oregon and USC. But a, another one I'm really excited about is uh, Michigan against Florida State. Because I think Florida State could throw some bodies at uh, Hunter Dickinson and contain him. Michigan was lucky that Eli Brooks had as good of a night shooting or they would have lost to LSU. So, I think that Florida State can contain Hunter Hunter Dickinson. I think because I know they don't have that one guy, but they do have an NBA talent in Scotty Barnes. I know I know they don't have that one guy who's great, but they, they're really deep. They have a bunch of good players. And don't forget, this was a, a rematch of an Elite Eight matchup three years ago. They played in the Elite Eight, Michigan and Florida State. So, so I, I really I'm interested in that matchup between I'm interested in the matchup between Michigan and Florida State. Yeah. Um... Like you said, Steve, it's it's um, maybe almost a matter of time before uh, the not having livers uh, comes into play for Michigan. You know, the one they're really going to be missing him is when a team can take advantage of them and uh, holding them on the offensive end. But a game I'm looking forward to. I know I took Loyola Chicago as a as a lock per se to make the um, Elite Eight, but I still think that an eight versus a 12 matchup in the sweet 16 is very intriguing just because, mm-hmm. you know, they're two teams that have beaten very good teams. I mean, uh, Loyola Chicago beats um, Illinois and they, they, like I said, they never trailed in that game. So I think Oregon state is um, someone who, you know, they wouldn't be in the tournament if they didn't win the PAC 12 uh, tournament there, but they're in, I know they were projected. They, someone, I think I heard on the radio, they wear, a shirt underneath their jersey that says 12th because they were picked to be 12th out of 12 in the Pac-12 to start wow, the season. Wow. So I, I think that that that's motivation for sure for them. So I think this game will be competitive. I'll do I although I do have um, Loyola Chicago coming out of this game, the winners. I think it'll be very very entertaining, and we'll see how they can um, how they can go at each other in different ways. We've um, we've seen throughout the tournament, and then. I wanted to kind of be visionaries here and look forward to the Elite Eight. So we've kind of had our um, locks for the for the Elite Eight. But, guys, if you had to choose one team out of this sweet 16 pool, 16 teams, you got to choose one that you think uh, you'd put money on being in the Final Four. Uh, who would you pick? Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Uh, I, I still think they're the best team in the country. Obviously, they have some tremendous players with Jalen Suggs, Kisper, and, and Drew Timmy. He's been a beast down low, too. And they, they, they have a lot of depth on top of that, too. And I just think that they have the easiest road. Um, I think that, you know, USC and Oregon, I think they've, they've had some great runs and there's some pretty good teams. But uh, I, I think that Gonzaga is still better than the both of them. And I, I would pick Baylor for this, but I, I think that Arkansas, if they ended up winning, or if they end up winning, I think that Arkansas is going to be a really tough team to get by. So I think Gonzaga would be my best bet uh, to make it into the Final Four right now. No, yeah, that's a good one, uh, Justin. How about you? I'm actually going to go with Loyola Chicago. I this Porter Moser to me right now is the best coach in college basketball. He reminds me a lot of Brad Stevens with that Butler. The way they play defense, they don't have a ton of talent. 
but they they're smart. They know they don't they don't beat themselves. They they don't shoot lights out, but they just play great defense. They don't quit. And I love his game plans. I think they could make a run, especially you know if they get Houston, which I think Houston's second in, in the country in like defense or you know that would be a real defensive game. But I love the senior league camera cut with. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Iola Chicago to get to final four. Steve, what about you? I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm, it is Gonzaga for me too, just like it is for Sean. But the, the the team I would say second is Baylor. I would say Baylor is just because you know they're playing Villanova. Villanova is not going to have a Colin Gillespie in that game, so I would say I would say it's it's a Baylor, and then they would play the winner of uh of Arkansas and Oral Roberts. So I, I to me, if it's if it's not Gonzaga, it's Baylor who's a lock. You know, I, 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 part of me is telling me to go with Gonzaga, but um, you know, uh, Baylor's also looked very, very good. I, um, I think that you know they have somewhat not an easy path, but let's say they steamroll Villanova, which I think they're going to, and somehow Oral Roberts gets by, um, gets by Arkansas. I, I think maybe at that point Oral Roberts would run out of steam. I think Baylor is levels above them, although you do never know in March. Um, I, I think that Baylor has a favorable um, favorable uh, side of the bracket left to get to that final four. Um, I, I think, you know, they just have a good chance at it. Um, so that's my pick. And then I know <laughs> Sh- uh, Justin Bama has a clear path to final four. Yeah. Um, Justin, you had just answered this question before. Uh, my next question was going to be, Will a team seated eight or lower be in the final four this year? You already said that you, th- you would take Loyola Chicago to go to that final four. So, uh, Sean, why don't you tell me, uh, will a team seated lower than eight, eight or lower get to the final four? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a yes um, because I think that Oregon's eight and Syracuse are going to get to the elite eight. So, I mean, whoever wins that game, they're both double-digit seeds. So, I do see it happening. I, I think that, you know, as crazy as this March Madness has been, I, I think that, you know, it's still going to continue into the final four. So, I, I think we definitely get a double-digit seed and maybe an eight seed in Loyola Chicago. So, I, I think one of the, one of the teams uh, seated lower than eight are, are definitely going to be in the final four. Steve, what about you? I think we do, and, I, and I'm going to I'm going to make the obvious pick. I think it's Loyola Chicago. I like I like their I like where they are on their side of the bracket. I like their matchup with Oregon State. I like them against Houston or Syracuse. So if we get a team, if we get an eight seed or lower, I think it's going to be Loyola going to their second Final Four in four years. Yeah, you know, I I hate to be that guy that just agrees with you guys, but it's kind of hard not to. Um, I think Loyola has a very good chance of of um going to that that Final Four. Like Steve said, they have a very favorable um some very favorable matchups that I would take them in. I mean, obviously I keep saying that they dominated Illinois, but that's not, that's not some, that's not something to take lightly. Illinois is a very, very good basketball team. So um, with that being said, guys out of the 16 teams left, you have to take a national champion who has the best shot. Steve, we'll start with you. Uh, it's obviously it's Gonzaga. It's just it's Gonzaga because you know they're just good everywhere. They got great guard play with 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 Suggs. They got a great shooter with Kisper, and they got a great inside game with Timmy. They're just the most complete team in the country. Baylor's second, but they don't have the inside game of Gonzaga. There's a reason Gonzaga's undefeated, and that's why they're clearly the favorite to win the national championship. Justin, I, I hate to agree because I know you know everyone's on Gonzaga, but it, it's it's got you know they're the most complete team in the country. And, you know, even if they bring their C game, they could beat pretty much everybody. You know, maybe not Baylor, but, it, it, you know, as long as they bring their C game, they, they, they have a great chance of beating anybody. 
they're just they're so experienced. They have so much talent. Um, they have great guard play, which you need in, in March. So there's not a whole, there's not a weakness to this Gonzaga team. Um, this is Mark Few's year. If he does not win it this year, I don't think Mark Few will ever win a championship, unfortunately. Sean, who you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's Gonzaga. I, I hate to do it. But uh, I will say, if there's one sleeper out there that I think that could beat them, uh, I, I, they would meet in the Final Four, I believe, is Alabama. I think that Nate Oates is a really good coach. They are, they're really good on both sides of the floor. Uh, you know, they're a high-percentage shooting team, but they also bring it defensively. So, uh, And they have a bunch of shooters on their team. They're, they're very deep with shooters. So I think if there is any chance to beat Gonzaga, I, I think that Alabama would probably have the best shot uh, in the Final Four. And I, I, if they get past them, I, I could see them winning the championship. But yeah, Gonzaga would Gonzaga would be my answer though. Yeah, obviously you'd be you'd be kind of insane to uh, pick anyone else but Gonzaga, and that is who I who I would pick out of these sixteen teams. Uh, like Steve and Justin said, they literally are the most complete team. And you think that, uh, Justin made a good point? You know, against anyone but Baylor, you could trust Gonzaga just you know playing average, and um, they they do think they have a pretty good chance at winning that game. So. Gonzaga has been playing good. We will see how they play in this um, in this next round against Creighton. I think they will roll over Creighton like it's nobody's business. Um, I hope so. Yeah, but so the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 take place this weekend, and next weekend is the Final Four, and, of course, the National Championship will be played the following Monday. I believe is that correct? Yes, yes. M- yes. Monday, yeah. Final, yeah. Monday will be the final. Yep. Because I know they um they moved. Usually the first round is Thursday, Friday. But yeah, now it's, a, yeah. now it's now it's Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's schedule's a little different this year. Yep. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if the championship would still be played on that Monday, but it will be. So we will see who wins there. Uh, guys, let's say if we have another uh, crazy weekend of basketball, we hop on here again on Tuesday and do another review. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Might as well. All right. Hopefully Isaiah can join us next time out. And as always, shout out to Jace for running the uh, producing duties behind the scenes. Shout Uh, out, Jace. Big Jace. He's our MVP. Uh, Thanks to Steve and Justin for joining us. Sean, as always, thanks for coming on. Uh, It's been the Posting Up Podcast, College Basketball, March Madness Edition. This has been Lucas Bulldog. And uh, see you next time.